Giants 24, Texans 16. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants are 7-2. and two. This team is addicted to winning. Their bit highest win total since 2016. We're going to break this down. I don't think this is going to be like all, you know, everything's perfect. I actually do think it's an ugly win. And we'll break all of that down, give you some X's and O's. But I will say it's a beautiful thing. That we can do this where we are 7-2. and two. Like I said, the highest win total since 2016. A game where they kind of controlled from start to finish. Um, you know, like, we're supposed to beat it. Like, they didn't play their best game, but still won. And we can, like, nitpick at it. Like, it's it's kind of a beautiful thing that this is where the Giants are. If you think about where we thought they would be at the start of the season. This is not a pretty and polished team. Now, I think they can get prettier. I think they can get more polished. I think there are certain things that this coaching staff, especially this offensive coaching staff, that they want to do. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the things that they do want to do, particularly in the past game. And, oh, boy, are we going to talk about Saquon Barkley and how much he's being used and you know, how good he was this game. And, you know, he's being used at a historically very, very high rate right now, um, averaging 22 attempts per game. We're going to talk all about it. Uh, Bobby, a win is a win. A win is a win. I, I'm not walking away from this. You know, maybe in years past, like I'm talking like this is Eli years, right? Eli years where, you know, we we win a game you know, where it was somewhat common back then. <laughs> and you walk away from a game and be like, ah, oh, I do feel ugly from that. I do feel a little dirty. I'm not walking away from that saying that necessarily. A win is a win, um, especially when you're 7-2. It, it, 7-2, it tastes a lot sweeter. Dallas lost. But one of the things that just pops in my brain after this game, just looking at this regime as a whole. Listen to these guys. Listen to the, these lists of names. Lawrence Cagers, Isaiah Hodgins, Tyree Phillips, Henry Mundo, Jason Pinnock, Jalen Smith. All played pretty solid impacts on today's game. They were all post-August acquisitions by the Giants, like whether it's mid-season or you know, Tyree we'll just Phillip. say post-cutdown day. Yeah, post-cutdown day. Um, or they came from another practice squad. So this is Joe Shane, Brandon Brown. You know, we talk about those guys often, especially during the offseason. But also Chris Rossetti, the director of pro scouting. I mean, that was probably just the news point that we, like, glanced over the offseason. He, he was the director of, like, pro personnel for a football team up in Canada. He spent some time with Joe Shane in Miami, and now he's the director of pro scouting. And, you know, Bobby, you told me before the show that the directors of pro scouting, they don't get a ton of love, um, at least from, you know, other front offices across the league in terms of getting hired and maybe getting promotions. But the job that those guys have done, continuing to upgrade the roster in season, and all these guys that I named, there's more of them, but all these guys that I named played a pretty solid impact today's game. Jason Pinnock gets a sack and a half. His first sack, uh, his first sacks of his NFL 
career. Lawrence Cager has a touchdown pass. Isaiah Hodgins has, you know, one of the few 20 plus yard plays that we had today. And I think one of the two that we've had that we had through the air. So, you know, these guys, uh, front office and the guys that we picked up have done a hell of a job. So that's yeah, like I mean, first on my brain. Yeah, you mentioned them, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, two catches for 41 yards. Lawrence Cager, the touchdown. Jalen Smith, five tackles. He's their Mike linebacker right now, fumble recovery. Fabian Moreau did give the touchdown to Nico Collins today, but he's been overall solid. Jason Pinnock, four tackles, a sack and a half, a tackle for a loss. Henry Mundo had a tackle for a loss, a big run stop on this, on the first, literally the first drive of the game. I'm like, yep. why is Henry Mundo in the game? Uh, Tyree Phillips, like swing tackle. Remember how like he like how fired up I was about how swing tackle was an issue for the Giants? Well, they go out and get Tyree Phillips from the Ravens, and honestly, he was better than the two guys that played to the left of him today uh, on the offensive line. Yeah. Even though, even though he'll probably get. By the way, just side note: I'm so sick of, and this is just not the Giants, the NFL in total of running backs and tight ends chipping pass rushers into better pass rush uh, moves. Like Jerry Hughes's sack was because Saquon chipped him into the uh, quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just named seven guys who were not on the team when the Giants cut down the 53, and they made a, a big impact for the Giants today. Um, but we always start with the offense on these wins, uh, on these games. It's uh, 24 points, solid outing, you know, and again, they defense had a three and out. Giants scored a touchdown on the first drive, wall to wall. That's what you look for in a game. Justin, I went into this game being like, like it'd be a waste to not have a high volume running attack. I was not expecting this type of high volume rush rushing. Asking attack. you shall receive. They ran the ball seventy one percent of the time. They ran the ball forty seven times versus twenty passes. And you say, well, they ran. They didn't throw the ball at the end of the game once they had the lead. That is true. That but with ten minutes left in the game. The run-pass ratio was 69% to 31%. At halftime, it was 65% to 35%. So it's really not skewered too much by those numbers. And the Giants really, you know, 50% of their passes were in must-pass situations as well, too. Um, which, you know, that can skewer the stats. Like, they just did not want to throw the ball in this game. And I think there should have been some type of adjustment, not to just, like, like I said, high-volume rushing attack, but they were much better throwing the ball than they were running. You know, like their passing plays, they had 20, ended up in 176 yards. That's 8.8 .8 yards per play. Rushing 47 for 191. You know, Daniel Jones had his highest career yards per attempt with 11.6. Um, and we'll talk about how the rushing attack, you know, sticking with the high volume is not how the Giants put points on the board. No. Um, Daniel Jones's EPA per play. Granted, low sample size, but I find EPA, you know, EPA and EPA per play to be a, a solid metric to go off of player performance. And EPA is basically saying, how is a player's performance basically contributing to putting points on the board? Daniel Jones's EPA per play was on the 95th percentile today. Um, and they had, you know, uh, let's let's go through the third downs that they converted. The third and two, third and one, third and two. Um, they converted with the flag in the in the first half. The second half, here's where the third and longs come in. Third and nine, they converted. Third and seven, they converted. Third and seven, they converted. Third and ten, they converted. Um, so we're in this situation again, Bobby, where I don't know if this is by design. Um, certainly, it shouldn't be by design to get into third and longs and then rely on your drop back offense to kind of get you those first downs. But, you know, I think it was very similar to Green Bay. It was similar to Baltimore where we're getting into these third and longs. That's when we finally introduced these drop back passing 
stuff into this offense and Daniel Jones is doing it. I just wish that we were able to do that maybe a little bit on first and second down. I'm not talking about abandoning the run and I don't think you're advocating for that either, but a little bit more balance is going to make this offense better. And if they did it more today, this should have been a game where the Giants scored over 30 points. Yeah. And again, like luckily like, we'll talk about it. Like this game, I think is won by the defense and Daniel Jones making the most and, and the receiving core besides Galladay making the most of every like passing play that they had, you know, the defense forced two uh, two turnovers in the red zone. You know, the defense was awesome all basically all game long. And then obviously Daniel Jones, like here's, they had three touchdown drives, the giants, on those touchdown drives, Daniel Jones was 8 for 9, 153 yards, two touchdowns, so 17 uh, yards per play. Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown, 3.6 yards per carry. In fact, he, he was better on the drives that they didn't score touchdowns, you know? Um, and just they just were so committed to the run that they would just, like, they would have some good rushing tests, and then they would get in negative plays, and it was the second and longs they were running, and it wasn't, you know, working. They had a second and 15 draw play that didn't work. Um you know, that series where they had, they were in field goal range and then they could proceed to lose 13 yards uh, on the next three plays. I just thought they got so, so like just like the Texans had a, uh, like the worst run defense in the NFL. And I came into this game asking for high volume, but at some point I feel like you gotta, you gotta throw the ball. And especially with the success they had throwing the ball. And, and guess what? As bad as the Texans run defense is, well, their pass defense is really bad too. You know, they're like bottom six in yards per play allowed in the pass game. Um, so again, thankful for a win. Um, but this should have been a game where I, I, like you said, I think the Giants should have scored 30 points. And this, this isn't, this isn't like a, uh, we're not talking about like, oh, I just wish we would have scored 30. That would be cool. This is a, hey, like if, you know, if the defense doesn't play as well and they only get one red zone turnover, like this could be a, a game the Giants choked away if the, if the defense didn't step up as much as they did. On each of the three touchdown drives, there were passing plays that were of 20 plus yards. The first touchdown drive uh, featured a 36 yard pass that went to Darius Slayton. And then, of, uh, of course, that drive ended in a Lawrence Cager nine-yard touchdown, which is ultimately a pass. We all know the 54-yarder um, that went to Darius Slayton. Um, I on do like third the, and nine, too. On, on third and nine. I do like the the play design um, on that, by the way. You had two kind of wide receivers that were clearing the way. They were kind of running vertically down the field. So there you go, Bobby, You know, talking about how you want. I don't know if you would consider that vertical concepts, but you know they were running down the field vertically. No, it clear, is clearing the way uh, for Darius Slayton, who, you know, there were some bad angles taken on Houston and he made a guy miss, but hey, I'm not going to, you know, not going to complain about that. Darius Slayton showing game-breaking speed and why he can be a game-changer and why he is the most dependent Giants wide receiver we have. And then the third touchdown drive featured a 26-yard pass that went from Jones to Isaiah Hodgins on a third and seven. So yeah, and that was <laughs> literally a, They finally hit the dagger play, too. That's a yeah. play they've been trying to run. They finally hit that. Um, all these plays are talking about, we're talking about it on third down where it's, you have to do kind of the conventional drop back passing. And it sounds like, you know, I feel, I can already see the comments right now where it sounds like we're complaining. We're, we're not. I mean, I'm, I'm really pumped. The giants won, but they could have just flat out dominated this game. If they trusted their quarterback a little bit more. And 
I, like, I don't think these wide receivers are scrubs. You know, we're, we're, there's a different conversation when Kenny Galladay is involved here. But I think Darius Slayton has shown you enough that he's a playmaker. I think Wando Robinson should be involved more than what he's being involved in right now. You drafted him in the second round. It's not like we're relying on Darius Slayton as a rookie as a, in, a, in the fifth round, like Pat Shermer was relying on him in 2019. You know, I, I think they got to start introducing more dropback passing in this offense because the opponents are only going to get a little harder. And I think it's the offense is going to need it. You cannot be giving the ball to Saquon Barkley 25 times per game. It's not always going to work like that. Yeah, and and again, I, like I, I wanted high volume, and I, you know, I'm using the words of Joe Shane, Brian Dable about how like don't always play the results. You know, just like imagine if the Texans were able to muster up 25 points, how would we talk about you know the offense as a whole? Now, obviously, they would pass it at least one time in the fourth quarter if that happened. Um, but that's basically where. But and and again, like there's 20 passing plays. There was three sacks. Um, Ten of those 20 passing plays were on third down, and the last three plays of the half. Uh, and and you're like, well, they had three sacks, so maybe that's a part of the reason why. Well, the sacks came on third and 15, third and 10, and then literally the last play of the half. So I don't think that's really like the the deciding factor. Now, part of it is is like there is like personnel scheme. So I under again. I, I like run heavy, especially this week, but I just, DJ was balling and guys were getting open. They were finding holes in this bad Texans defense, like, and they just didn't, uh, you know, they just, they just, just stuck to the run. Got a win out of it though. And I think teams are starting to sniff out too. Like if they do decide to throw the ball in early downs, how often is it a play fake? How often is it a rollout? And I think teams are starting to, detect i think seattle really started this i think houston in the second half i think we had success within the first half remember there was a wandale there was a wandale play that he basically just ran in the flat and it was a play fake and daniel jones rolls to his left just dumps it off to wandale so there were some successful plays in the first half where we saw some play action rollouts but in the second half i thought houston kind of sniffed it out kind of well teams are starting to figure it out you gotta introduce some different stuff i know this offense wants to do it that's why i'm not like really killing kafka i'm not I don't, i'm not killing dable well i mean like, we've we've also been very happy with dable and kafka like, yeah 90 percent of the time this year but it could easily turn the other way like you know we could easily be talking about you know next week against detroit if the defense you know kind of if we're if we're in a game where maybe we got to get into a little bit of a shootout then you got to buckle up and get into a game that's a little bit of a shootout because you know Detroit's played a lot of those kinds of games. So um, we'll talk about that next week, and you know we'll continue to break down why why we're not seeing the drop back passing now. Dable's kind of rebuttal. I listened to the post game presser. Now I think if you were to ask Dable why, like why why are they not doing more drop back passing? Why are they not trusting DJ more? Uh, I think that basically the response that we got today is the game plan and the approach changes week to week, but. Here's my rebuttal to that. We haven't seen any kind of effort throughout any of these games yet this year to throw the ball near or past the sticks. So that's my rebuttal to Brian Dable, that the passing offense has just been conservative all year long. So he could say that the game plan changes week to week. We haven't seen a game yet where we've kind of unleashed Daniel Jones with drop back passing besides when we face a shit ton of third downs. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is we have success doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, and and the crazy thing about having success doing it on third down, Bobby, 
That's when it's the hardest to do. That's when it's the most predictable because the team knows you're going to throw the ball and the team knows that you're going to be throwing the ball near or at the sticks. So one of the worst things you can be in the NFL is predictable. And yet the Giants are doing it well, even in the most predictable of spots. So imagine how nice and cool it can be if you if you introduce it on early downs a little bit. Um, these are It's funny how these are issues that we would talk about with the previous coaching staff, kind of early, you know, passing the ball on early downs a little bit, early down efficiency. Um, but the other coaching staff, and I guess this will be a transition, what the other coaching staff couldn't do, even though they really wanted to, is they cannot run the ball like this coaching staff is doing right now. Well, so in lost in all of this whole pass rush, blah, 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 thing is that <clears throat> the two guys that are the center focus of this conversation, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, um, think they both played really well. You know, like Saquon Barkley, 35 carries, which is his career high. Um, his highest before this was the Bears game. And his career high before this, how many carries do you think was his career high in, in the NFL uh, coming into this season? And what oh, year was it? I don't know. Um, he had a high attempts per game. I'm going to say it's one of those, I think maybe Washington 2019. Uh, it was 2018 versus the Bucks. He had ah. 27 carries uh, in the game where they benched Ryan Fitzpatrick for Jameis Winston. Um, Curtis Riley had an interception in that game, didn't he? I have some stats on Saquon Barkley usage and carries and stuff like that. So you're talking about his NFL career so far. Uh, Julian and I, we went, we went back to his college days. Um, and this is total touches. So this even includes receptions as well. So Saquon Barkley, most single game total touches in his college and his NFL career. He had 40 against Iowa 2017. He had 36 today against Houston. So that's second most today. 35 against Indiana 2016. 33 total touches versus Chicago this year. And then 31 versus Maryland in 2016. And so far this year, he has 198 attempts in nine games this year. He's averaging 22 attempts per game. Um, the most he averaged in his career on a per game basis was 16.7 per game in 2019. So let's do quick math. That is about, you know, five, 4.3 more attempts per game that he's averaging this year more than any other year. I think I just did that wrong, but you get the point. Yeah. And with the high volume, like now his, you know, he averaged 4.3 yards per carry today, which is good. You know, not great, but good. Um, but I thought what was the best thing about Saquon Barkley today is within 35 carries, and you know, and the Texans knowing that they're going to run the ball, only two negative plays out of 35. Uh, like I think that's really good. Like he was getting tough yards, like you know, running behind his shoulder pads, and then like when there was, you know, he had I think he had four runs of 10 plus, but those runs weren't created by Saquon Barkley stopping, dancing, trying to create a play, which he's capable of doing and, and is good to do sometimes. But they were just like, hey, letting stuff develop, let your speed go, break a tackle in the hole, and get yourself 25 yards. Um, so he continues to play well, the NFL leader and rusher. So I don't want that to get lost in the run-pass ratio that like part of this is possible because Saquon Barkley has been running the ball so well. Yeah, and again, Brian Dable's reply to us would be the game plan and the approach is going to change week to week. And the approach this game was what Bobby kind of wanted pregame, except it was on steroids of what he wanted, which was just giving Saquon Barkley the ball, giving Saquon Barkley the role, a ball. Um, Doug Analytics, who's formerly known as Doug with a complicated username, 
Uh, Saquon Barkley, 35 carries today. He tweeted out three more than any running back this season. And his 35 carries is tied Derrick Henry for the most carries in a single game since 2018. Now, Bobby, they had a little trouble running um, inside the tackles and running up the middle. Now, I think that's largely because, I mean, how many how many rushing attempts did Saquon Barkley run into just a flat-out loaded box because the Giants were using this super ultra package where they had eight offensive linemen on the field. Jack <laughs> Jack Anderson, I can't tell you, this was the most insane 65, thing. 65, 74, and 77 are eligible. I've been going to Giants games since 2005. I've been to a lot of games in person, and I've you know you always hear – uh, you know, you may not always hear it on the TV, but you always hear 65 reports as eligible, 74 reports as eligible. You always hear these things. I've never heard on one play three, not one, not two, three offensive linemen check in as eligible for also a string of plays. It's not just one play. It's a string of plays. Nick Gates, Matt Parrott, Jack Anderson, and Brian Dables rip, ripping Jack Anderson a new one. So By the way, we, that's another guy we forgot that contributed today after the cutdown day, Jack yeah. Anderson. So add one to the list. Add one to the list. Uh, shout out Chris Chris Rosetti. Uh, but, but before we get to the jumbo package, um, had a little trouble running the ball up the middle. But when they ran it outside the tackles, which I think the 27-yard Saquon Barkley run was outside the tackles, 19 carries for 109 yards when they were running Outside the tackles, and again, Doug Analytics pulled up uh, pulled up those numbers for us. So I, I'm going to do the splits uh, to, sometime tomorrow of this rushing stats with the jumbo package and without the jumbo package because I didn't see. That's just that's too much. Like I like the one jumbo tight end at times, but the three to me is just too. I mean, you're just giving it away. Like you obviously yeah. have to account for it because you can run a trip play and stuff. I think that's more valuable at the goal line than it is at the 40-yard line. Um, but you're just bringing too many people in the box. Um, but then the counter to that is that, well, yeah, you're bringing people in the box, but they're bat- they're not going to be as good as run defenders as those guys are run blockers. So um, I don't think I d- the plan – I don't think the game plan today was for the running game to be efficient. Like, that was not the plan. The plan was to get four yards, and they did. You mean explosive. Well, I don't think the plan. I don't think the plan. Yeah, I guess ex- I guess explode. But even efficiency, like I-, I don't think the Giants were entering in today's game saying we have to average like four to five yards per carry. I mean, they did. I know, but I'm I, that's I'm saying that I don't. They they entered in today's game saying that they don't have to do that because they just they just wanted volume. You're nitpicking my point, Julian. Am I making sense? I'm making sense. Just shake your head. I don't. I don't think you're making sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm trying to be you, – you always – I think that the Giants went into the game wanting to do well, not not do well, which is what you're saying. There are certain teams in the NFL that enter a game saying, I don't know. I'm going to fucking edit this out. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Oh. Too bad I'm editing it. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to be anti run the ball and I'm trying, I'm an anti run the ball person trying to advocate for running the ball and I don't know how to do it. Uh, also speaking of the road, I thought there was a couple times where DJ could have held it on the read option. Maybe there's something where they're, they're holding off on that, but but let's talk about Daniel Jones. We're 20 minutes into the freaking podcast. Wait, no, I want to talk about one thing about jumbo package. Go for it. Um, Nick Gates was going in motion pre-snap. Yeah, surge motion. They used him in that Daniel Bellinger role. 
I think that was on the first, like, third and one of the game. One of his first plays of the game, he just smacked somebody. Smacked him. Good to see him out there again. Um, let's Maybe let's Matt put Parrott him in too. the starting role. Yeah, Matt Parrott back, by the way. That kind of happened pretty quietly. Um, good to see him back out there. You know, don't have, like, the biggest of hopes for him, but go, uh, awesome to see him back from the injury. That kind of was, you know. Swing tackle. Sh- yeah, he should have been playing last year and, and be the swing tackle this year. Uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, 13 for 17, had his career high in, uh, as yards per attempt. Uh, you know, and people were like, whoa, Darius Slayton had so much yak on that touchdown, which part of it was like, you know what I mean? Like, why can't we get, like benefit from yak? And we never get it. No, uh, never. All, but that was a third and nine. That was an awesome throw from Daniel, play from Daniel Jones. Like, Feliciano got beat on a stunt. Golinski just got beat in general. Nothing new. He slides to the left in that pocket. While getting hit, delivers the pass to Darius Slayton. Slayton makes a guy miss, so good on Slayton. But, like, that wasn't, like, a just like a your run-of-the-mill, like, oh, let's throw a check down. Oh, he broke a tackle, got 50 yards, and it looks like it's a bigger, a better play for the QB than it is on the scoreboard. Like, no, that was an awesome play for Daniel Jones. And credit to Slayton for being able to, you know, break the tackle and, and score. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said what I needed to say on Daniel Jones. It's you know, 95th percentile EPA per play. Um, and they, he didn't even run the ball. Like the threat of, you know, usually when you look at the EPA stuff, it's when Daniel Jones has a really good rushing game and it's, infl- and it's inflated by that. And inflated is probably a bad word for that since it's part of his game. But he didn't even do that today. There was, there was no need to do that today. They got to put the ball in his hands more. That's, yeah. that's the evaluation. He had four incompletions. Two were drops by uh, Kenny Galladay and Chris Myrick, even though the Chris Myrick one was a great drop because he would have lost four yards if he caught it. That's next-level thinking from the GOAT, Chris Myrick. Um, and then he missed Slayton on the one. And then so can, let's 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 do the Kenny Galladay thing right now. Did you see the replay of the first Kenny Galladay throw? Yeah, it was tough, um, but for a receiver that's making $20 million, I would expect him to catch it, but then I remember that it's Kenny Galladay, and I'm and I'm not shocked. And then the second drop was just, like, insane. Terrible. That was insane, then he got benched after, like, he finished the series, but then was benched after that for Isaiah Hodgins. Right I don't so. know what happens with him. You know, we came into this game being like, what do we expect out of him? It's like, I don't know. Like, he didn't look good. It's not like he looked good the first four weeks. We're like, well, you know, they didn't reuse him as part of the progressions. Is that part of it? I don't know what this guy's path is to ever playing for the Giants again is after this. After, you know, the whole we're, we're building up, get the back to this, and then, you know, like, quick to, they were quick to, you know, bench him after that, after that drop that he had. Um, you know, and again, it's not like he is out there looking good, running great routes. He just doesn't look like a good player anymore. Like, he looks significantly worse than what he, we said it before going into this game. He looks significantly worse than what he was last year, you know. Uh, which was already a little disappointing. Yeah. So I don't know what happens with him, but man, like he is in his own head. To the first one, I'm not going to kill him for. Like I know everyone will because it's Kenny Galladay, and he's, you know, like I got he's he's hated, which is kind of right, rightfully so. Um, but the second one is just like insane. Like, dude, you you cannot have that type of drop. Like, there's no excuses for that type of drop. He caught it against. Tried catching it against his body. You yeah, I don't can't, know what it is, man. It's like he's it. got the yips, and but it's like you get paid too much money to have that, like any excuse built yeah. in. Um, yeah, and also like you're you're an NFL player that's had success in this league. Darius Slayton is the only 
other wide receiver on this roster who has had NFL success, which also he is a player that also in previous years has had the yips too. Fifth round pick. Wanda Robinson's a rookie. The rest of these guys are, are practice squad guys that have came from other teams. Isaiah Hodgins got here two days ago and he was benched for Isaiah Hodgins. So, I mean, just use your eye test of, of course, he drops the ball, number one, but also use your eye test, number two. The Shines offense is worse when he is in the game. I mean, just look at the first few weeks of the season. They're worse when he's in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know what happened. Like, how does this, how does a healthy Kenny Golday for the rest of the year, how does this play out? It's- you have to ignore that. I mean, the Giants had seven healthy, active wide receivers on the 53, right, today? Yeah. As long as he's healthy, I think you got to keep it that way and you can't play him. Just can't. Sorry. What's yeah, the point? Of- if he's not going to be back next year, what's the point? Yeah, uh, it's. It's just, I don't care how much money you're making. I mean, this this is a seven and two team. It's not this team's not two and seven. If the team's two and seven, I'd be like, your twenty million dollar player's got to contribute. But the team's seven and two. They have enough of a track record now where you see what happens when he's off the field. You see what happens when he's on the field. When he's on the field, he hurts you more than he than he helps. You. Well, I hate and the see, quote of meme. It's the the thing that says like, what does he even do? And it's pointing to Kenny Galladay. Right. It's like what it's like what do you even do at this point? You know, like last year, if this did he score a touchdown last year? No, disappointing. But you couldn't make the what does he even do joke. Like he was the Giants' leading receiver last year. You know, he like had some good, like halfway good numbers with Daniel Jones. And now it's like, what do you do? Like you've dropped passes, you've dropped passes. Uh, you have two catches on eight targets. Like you, you know. Does he have a first down on a, on those two catches? Yeah. He, he had a good. First he had a good. He had like a nice play versus the Titans week one. People forget that. Ah, um, yeah, and kind of rightfully so. Forget that. Uh, but so. I mean, he doesn't even earn. You know. You know. I was saying. I think we were saying this during the mailbag or the preview pod. You know, at least you just give him maybe a, a, a vertical chance on a contested catch to go up and make a play. I don't. He doesn't even deserve that right now. He doesn't deserve that. Yeah. He's- if you can't, if you can't catch it when you're open. Do you think that they play him at all? Like more? Do you think he plays more than ten percent of the snaps any games of the rest of the season? I mean, I think somebody is inevitably just going to get hurt. Um, if no one got hurt, if it were me, no. But knowing this coaching staff, they'll they'll see that maybe they can run the ball. They'll run the ball against the Lions, and then he'll be out there as a blocking wide receiver. Like I can see that. Yeah, but even then, you have like guys like Isaiah Hodgkins who can block. Um, so yeah, another shutout game for Andrew Thomas. How about that? Three pressures in his last six games. I wanna Was there a tackle for loss this there was a there was a good amount of tackle for loss that the Texans had. Um I want I wanna see there was like a couple plays where something just didn't look right with him. There was one play, a passing play, where he set very like 45 degree horizontally, but then Jerry Hughes just jetted off and then he just set vertically, vertically, vertically. Um, so there was a couple plays that looked, there was one that was like miscommunication, I think. And I think there might've been a tackle for loss, but I mean, this is just extreme nitpicking with Andrew Thomas. Um, why don't you read an ad and then we'll talk about the defense who honestly was the MVP yeah. of this game. Honestly, also, I want to just say I'm, I'm done with Mark Lewinsky. I want him. I, I, whenever, if Shane Lemieux comes back in these, in these 21 days, um, I want him gone. I want him benched. Yeah, he's he's like 
I had low expectations for Mark Lewinsky, and he's been lower of those low expectations. Yeah. Uh, make make it happen. I mean, do you think Ben Bredesen's better than Mark Lewinsky? Undoubtedly. That's not oh. even that's not if Ben Bredesen comes back, it's it's I will call for it. Shane Lemieux, I'm not gonna call for it because like we haven't seen him right play in two years. But if Ben Bredesen is back and healthy, I will call for Mark Lewinsky to be benched. Yeah. Done. Very much done. This holiday season. We're going to be giving friends to our friends over at Manscaped. Everyone loves turkey and stuffing, but you'll be looking like the dessert. With the help of Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, trim your pumpkins by going to manscaped.com and use code GIANTS for free shipping and 20% off. I think it's like low-key. It's like our best deal. You'll know what you're going to find. You already know what you're going to find in the Performance Package 4.0. You're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You're going to find the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. You're going to find the Crop Reserver Bald deodorant. You're going to find the Crop Reviver Toner. You're going to find Performance Boxer Briefs and a travel bag to hold all of these awesome products. I have the travel bag. It's quite spacious, and you'll be amazed that all those products do fit inside there. No hygiene routine is complete without Manscaped's signature deodorant as well. So if you want to just put the cherry on top, that's what you got to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code GIANTS. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls, they will thank you. You'll be, be glad, glad you, did. you did. Oh, said at the same time. Uh, defense, man. This was a great game for one Wink Martindale. I think Wink Martindale called a great game versus a bad... I told you guys, the Texans' offense was just horrible. And Wink Martindale should eat first time. And then Dexter Lawrence. Like, masterclass from these two guys. He we'll won talk the game about, today. Yeah, we'll talk about him as like an individual player in a second. But just... Like, Davis Mills was shook on third down. You know, he uh, they converted with the ball in his hands. They had two runs. Uh, two of eight on third down, and the Giants were the number four run uh, third down defense in the NFL. They their percentage went better to where it'd be number two in the NFL now. Uh, he two of eight conversions, two sacks. He went three for six of twenty nine yards. Was constantly throwing the ball short of the sticks, and the two conversions, Justin, one was a screenplay on third and ten, and the other was cover two man. He threw the check down, and the running back uh, Damian Pierce beat somebody and got the first down. So, like, Davis Mills did no, he made zero good plays on third, like, they doing the hit the check down is a good decision, I get, but like, there was no impressive things that Davis Mills did on third down in this game. And it was just throwing those cover zero looks at him, led to the sacks for Pinnock, uh, and Dex, uh, you know, led to, like, there was times where, you know, uh, they ran like a two yard hitch and they're trying to get the ball downfield. Wink is dropping guys out in the coverage. He's confused. He just throws it to the two yard hitch. They tackle him. You know, now it's, it's fourth down and eight. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Darnay Holmes got beat deep, by the way, on one. And he just throws the four yard out against Adoria Jackson. Adoria Jackson makes the, ta- goes and makes the tackle. Actually, he ends up, uh, breaking the pass up. Like Davis Mills, like probably the worst 300 yard game I've ever seen for a quarterback. Like Wink Martindale was in his head constantly and he was never comfortable for even a second. And that was one of the reasons why I was, like so excited about Wink Martindale heading into this year with this particular schedule because you know that his defense is hell for bad quarterbacks. There are some quarterbacks in the NFL that um you know they're they're on a do not blitz list. 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, even Lamar Jackson, which, hey, that kind of worked out for Wink. But there are some quarterbacks that are on a do-not-blitz list. Davis Mills is not on that list. You can you can blitz Davis Mills. Um, I, I thought in the second half, you know, when the Giants just allowed a lot of passing yards in general, um, I thought, you know, despite they were still showing those cover zero looks, and I thought what they were doing is they made, I think, somewhat of a nice adjustment where they were just kind of throwing screens. Um, when, you know, when, you're, when you have all those guys on the line of scrimmage, Texas were throwing screens, and I also they were throwing, like, quick little – out routes and you know button hooks near the sideline which was working for them um but if that's the worst that they're gonna do okay well and davis mills he's now he has nine interceptions in nine games uh, the reason is for that is there's a lot of like predetermined stuff and easy to telegraph what this offense is doing um now that leads to double moves which i think that's that was like the one th- the one positive thing we said about the texans passing games like they'll get some big plays out of double moves, and the Nico Collins touchdown was exactly that on Fabian Moreau, a little sluggo. Uh, but, yeah, just constantly in his, in, in his face, and then a big part of that was Dexter Lawrence. He had one sack, technically two, but it was a half and a half um, combined for one. Five QB hits, eight pressures, a tackle for a loss. I think he drew a holding penalty. Like, Dexter Lawrence, man, it's... He's a top. He's essentially like a top four defensive tackle. He's playing like a top four defensive tackle in the NFL right now. Like Donald's obviously always going to be a one. Uh, Quentin Williams is playing better than him, but that's just because Quentin Williams is playing out of his mind. And then it's yeah. like Jeff Simmons Chris and Jones. Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, Chris Jones is up there too for the Chiefs. He's having a really good year. But yeah, I mean Dexter Lawrence, I think is the reason why we won this game today. I mean, besides Saquon Barkley just getting the crazy volume that he got and you know Darius Slayton having a 54-yard touchdown but Dexter Lawrence I think just was the best player on the football field today I mean he controlled the game controlled the game and also take note too there were three plays in the first half like there was a series where he was off the field for three plays Giants allowed like three I have the numbers three carries they take him off the field early in the game three carries for 61 yards for Damian Pierce (laughs) yeah Da- and and then, so Damian Pierce had a good game when you look at it on paper. Outside of those three runs, 14 carries for 33 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. Not great. One, I thought this was a, a, as good as Damian Pierce was. I thought this was a good matchup for the Giants defense because they don't miss tackles, um, at least within the box. Uh, you know, they, Pierce wasn't breaking a ton of tackles. And he had a, like Leonard Williams forced a fumble on him in the red zone too. You know, like he's where he's trying to break that tackle. Leonard Williams is tackling, rips that ball out from underneath him because he doesn't want to go down. And then, bam, Jalen Smith is picking it up for a fumble uh, fumble recovery, a turnover in the red zone. So, yeah, Dexter Lawrence has been so huge. Like, if the the Giants lost Dexter Lawrence, it would would tank this defense. I think it'd be similar to losing a Dory Jackson, if not even – maybe even more so. Like, this defense would be tanked without Dexter Lawrence right now. I mean, you literally saw what happened when they didn't have him in for three plays. And, I mean, every game, every game you're seeing Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Pretty sure both of them today had over 90% of the snaps. They they just have to they they have to be in there. Doug Analytics in the chat said Dex played fifty seven of sixty three snaps. So they took those three plays off, and then they're like, "You're nope, can't buddy, do you're that playing anymore. the rest of the game." Um, so before this game, Dex had four sacks. Now he has five, five, which is a career high for him. Yes, too. career high. How many QB hits did he have today? Five. Five. Now PFF can be a little liberal with some of no, that stuff. No, no. Well, well, the PFF charted him with five. I believe so. Yes. All right. I'm gonna. Ch- I'm checking the game book right now. Um, game book is what Pro Football Reference is gonna go off of, and they have 
they also have five. Wow. So that matches. I mean, Leonard Williams also have five last week, too. So now Dexter Lawrence has 16 QB hits on the season. That is a career high. He had a career high last year with 11. Um, and then did he have any more tackles for tackle for loss today, Bobby? He had one tackle for a loss. So he has four. Four tackles for loss, and 2020, he had a career high of six. Yeah, I, the tackle for loss numbers are a little lower than I thought they might be. But that was something... So, if you remember our Dexter Lawrence uh, player profile episode in the in the preseason, we said, he's been a good player, but he needs to put up the numbers. And then after two oh, weeks, yeah. I'm like... I know I said he's got to put the numbers, but it's like he's playing amazing. You know, like like you know, people always have always hate that take about Dex. It's like he's just so much better when you watch him on film compared to like broadcast and stat book. And um, but I'm sitting there doing it again. I'm like he's he's playing really good, even though he doesn't have the stats. Well, guess what? Now the st- again, it's, and it was part of our point with Dex is like if you play consistently like the way he did those first two weeks, the stats will come to you, and that has happened this year. Yeah, best player on the defense for flat out. Yeah, yeah, like I think he's Adore Jackson has been awesome, but I think Dexter Lawrence has been better than him. You know, better than anyone in the safety linebacker room, and he's been better than Leonard, uh, Leonard Williams. Here's a tough question for you Who's a better football player right now, Andrew Thomas or Dexter Lawrence? Andrew Thomas. You thought that was going to be a tough question for me? I, I think it is a tough question right now. You're talking about, you know, uh, Positional values, obviously, Andrew Thomas is more important. I'm just talking about who's a better football player. Who's more dominant right now? Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I thought it was a tough question. thought it was a tough question. Uh, Leonard Williams played well. Had that forced fumble. There was one pitch that Damian Pierce had in the first half. Leonard Williams just chases him down. I got hype. I got hype for that. Um, other things on the defense. I want to talk about Kayvon. Talk about him. Now, he did go against Larry Tunsil all game, but... I'm interested to see what you see from the film because there were a lot of times where he was going up with Dexter right next to him, with Dexter Lawrence right next to him. And I, I kind of want Kayvon to work his hands more because I think See, he's... I almost think he's working his hands too much. Okay. I think, I think he needs, he, he's got to get these, he's got to get guys stop holding, they're holding him, they're holding him around his neck, they're holding him around his jersey, he got to get these hands off, because I think he's trying to work this power, Um, you know, and Tunsil held up well, but I also think playing next to Dexter Lawrence, where they're kind of pushing the pocket together, Um, I, I thought that helped, so I, I, I don't think, you know, while Kayvon, I don't think he, I think his, his, his kind of box score stats were empty, he had a few tackles, no tackles for loss, Um, and he didn't have any QB hits, no sacks, but I think he did better than I think people are going to walk away from this game against Laramie Tunsil. So let me know what you what do you think? Well, it's hard to judge someone who's like a top three left tackle in the NFL right now. Um, there was like there was one play where there was kind of like a good little extra effort where you know like it might be counted as a pressure um, for him. But I, I want to see. There's got to be more flash plays for Kayvon though. Like that's like that kind of is the standard for him now. He's young, um, but we're you know we're we're on we're on seven games right now. And we're one sack and three QB hits. Yeah, that's like that's not very good. And again, it's a rookie, so you don't you don't like say all oh, this. You know you don't really do that with any rookie unless it looks like flat out like this guy's just trash. And you don't watch you don't watch Kayvon Thibodeau and say like oh this guy's trash. But 
you know, seven. Maybe I guess if he gets a pressure in this game, it'd be eight, eight, eight pressures in seven games. You just there's got to be more out of there. He had a good couple game stretch where he was winning reps, but it's just we need need a little more flash out of Kayvon. All right, where do you where do you want to go next? Um, and we could just move right down the defense and talk about these interior linebackers. The linebackers, well, the safeties, Dane Belton interception. Now, it, Dane Belton had some missed bad angles in the run game or the like that Jordan Aikens long play. Um, but that interception was really good. Now, again, that's Davis Mills is predetermining where he's going with the ball and just decided pre-snap he was going to throw that ball. And, and, and also, but, Dexter Lawrence had pressure right in his face. I think, you know, Dexter forced that interception. Dane Belton, great play finishing it and getting over there as, that deep, as a safety, but Dexter forced that. Yeah, and then... I don't really have like any strong Dane uh, Belton takes. Here's what I do have is we've talked about like, oh, what happens when Tony Jefferson comes back? Does Landon Collins get? Why not just play Jason Pinnock as that dime safety if that's what you want to do? Because guess what? He's way faster than those guys. He's better coverage ability. And he had a second and a half, a tackle for a loss. Like he had some experience playing. He had, you know, he, he, like he played with some fire in those few box reps he got for the Jets last year. He's got the center field ability. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna be a good center fielder, but he has like the speed and range for it. Why not just play Jason? Why not just play the young guy in Jason Pinnock? Like I, I like I, I would much rather play Jason Pinnock than Tony Jefferson, who I thought did a fine job, or Landon Collins. No, I I agree with you. Um, and it's funny, you know, Julian Love was talking. In the post game after the game, he's like, you know, we kind of knew that Jason Pinnock, once he got those defensive opportunities to actually go out there and make some plays, they knew he was going to provide a spark. And, you know, that's something that you, you know, you broke that down on your film breakdown on him, you know, when, when we, after we signed him, after the initial 53 men cut down day. So uh, I'm not surprised. I would have been down if they did that from the start instead of, you know, floating Tony Jefferson around there or even bringing back Landon Collins, but there's nothing wrong doing, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And then there was even plays, uh, I, he, was, he wasn't the single high safety. I think Julian Love, almost every single opportunity, there was a single high safety. Julian Love took that mantle, but there were times where they were playing too high and, you know, I, I, Julian Love is probably one deep safety, and then Jason Pinnock was that other deep safety whenever they were kind of playing too high. Yeah, I didn't see that on on, on the TV, so that's that's something I'll, I'll definitely look for, and, and I'll, I'll chart that with those guys. Um, also, we just continued to dominate in the red zone. Like, coming into this game, we were the number, uh, uh, number four, number three red zone team in the NFL. Well, one for six in the red zone today, the Texans were... We are now the number two NFL red zone team in the NFL. Thirty-four percent, thirty-four percent that gen- that teams are scoring uh, on scoring touchdowns uh, on the Giants in the red zone. And Texans were also three for ten on third down, um, and third downs the Texans had less than five yards. They were one for five. So again, this crazy crazy stretch that this Giants defense has had of teams getting into third and shorts and they just flat out cannot convert. Um, Why I wanted to talk about the interior linebackers, Bobby. Just to finish on the red zone. Like remember like 2020 when, you know, we had the number nine defense under Patrick Graham and we're like number two red zone defense in the NFL at 50.8%. They couldn't go off the field at third down. Right now we're at 34%. 34%. And that was the number two. Um, 
you know, and and that team wasn't like you said wasn't as good playing third down. I think they were ranked twenty third in third down conversion. No, yeah, they were they were not. That is the one gripe they had with Patrick Graham is that the drives they would just last, 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 um, and that's uh awesome for Wink Martindale. Why I wanted to talk about the interior linebackers is Tay Crowder had two snaps today. I think he missed the tackle on that checkdown I talked about from Davis Mills. He had two snaps, and then it was basically Micah McFadden, Jalen Smith, and then a lot of third downs, they would take all interior linebackers off the field, and it would be Dane Belton in the box. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we Micah McFadden, Crowder was basically benched versus Seahawks, and then this week that he was totally benched. Um, now, part of me, like Jalen Smith playing this Texans team that's not going to throw misdirection at you as the Mike linebacker and McFadden as the will, fine. When we play the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know how. Like, I almost kind of want Tay Crowder sucks in those situations too, though. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We're kind of in a bad situation with our line. Mike McFadden, I really need that interception to go him to catch that interception for just for the rookie hype. Um, and Mike McFadden is just one of these players where I'm like, he's a fun watch. There's going to be good things he does, but will he be able to be like a good starting linebacker consistently in the NFL? So, I mean, he's one of the players I'm looking forward to going and like going back and quote unquote watching the tape on, because um, it's it's hard to see like who who's playing their gap. But again, I thought they did a really good job stopping the run. Besides those three plays without Dexter Lawrence, it sucks that half our draft class is hurt because I honestly do feel they trusted Darian Beavers. They were going to let. I think they were going to let Blake Martinez go anyway. Um, I think Darian Beavers would be like, we would feel good about Darian Beavers right now, which um, sucks. I But here's the thing. is preseason. I remember people were saying, like, Austin Kalitra, how can you cut this guy after the preseason he had? And now people, like, barf at his face. So I, 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 I wasn't as quick to be like, Darian Beavers is going to be some awesome starting linebacker for the Jets. But I think he would be I think he would be a better Mike linebacker than what we have right now. Mike yeah. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. But I don't I don't think we'd be singing I don't know if we'd be singing the praises quite yet no. for for Beavers, even though I did like Beavers. Um So yeah, I just don't, I don't know if we'd be seeing that. But any anything else on the defense? No. No, did we miss any big plays? We talked about the forced fumble. Jason Pennock had some sacks. Interception. Dexter Lawrence. Uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams gave Jihad Ward a sack on a play. I think. Oh, they gave basically... Leonard Williams half a sack. Yeah, on one of the, I think one of the Dexter Lawrence ones he he got in on. Yeah, Jihad Ward. Uh, um. I'm surprised they actually did count that as a sack because Davis Mills was like scrambling and he had nowhere to go. Yeah, that, I mean, that, if as long as it's, it's a passing play to start, they count that as a sack. Is that like, Jahan on, Ward's first sack of the season? No, he had a very similar one. I can't remember what game it, it might have been versus the Bears. It was where it was a bootleg and he just didn't play the the run. It was against had, the Bears. Yes. Yeah. How about that? How about that memory right there? How about that memory? All right, two sacks for Jihad Ward. Um, he only needs one more to tie his career high that he had in 2020 and in 2018. Everybody's having career years with the Giants. It's like the 2020 Giants all over again, except for <laughs> we're winning more games than losing. Um, all right, so so we're, we're good on the defense, right? 
Yeah, we're good on the defense. I had a very, I had a very fun day. Yeah. Can I tell you about the, the entertainer? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you about something that really pissed me off this weekend. Oh, was it me? No, it was the cops. Oh, right, good. As long as it wasn't me. The entertainer, I was very, was proud of him. I was proud of him. They were they were playing flip cup, you know, snacks and his, you know, snacks and his friends are are, are talking giants tailgate crew. They're they're very big into flip cup. They take it very very seriously, right, Julian? Yeah, and they're insanely good at flip cup too. Oh yeah, they've, never, they've had a lot of years of practice. Never more than two tries. <laughs> they've had a lot of years. the The big factor was the win today. It was a big factor, and they didn't set up the table in between the two cars. So they were they were going in the elements. Christiana Tana had a very, very rough start to Flip Cup. Like, I thought he was going to start to get bullied. And you will get bullied if you suck at Flip Cup at the Talking Giants tailgate crew tailgate. Um, he had really a very, encouraging people to play. Yeah. <laughs> he had a very awesome recovery. Like, he was like the MVP of Flip Cup towards the second half. So I'm very impressed with him. Um, and I also gave Christiana Tana a, a cigar which I felt like a really great person. It was a good cigar, too. Over under $9. Over. Over $9. Over under 15 How much did it cost? I d- less than 15 Less okay. than 15 I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that. I, I don't even buy over 15 for myself. Are you, are we kidding here? I saw Mage. I saw Tino. Um... You no, know, Jack Corderaro every game. I mean, there was a lot of people that that kind of that kind of came up from uh. From Is it Twitter cold there yet? I met Dable arriving. You know the Twitter account Dable arriving with different Young songs. Young kid, middle age, or old man? No, like not. I would say around your age, thirties. He is an alpha male, like wearing like a giant jumpsuit, a chain, uh, like a suit, like a jacket with like showing chest hair and he had like a big cat mustache i mean it was just incredible good music incredible catalog. human being he's got a good music catalog so he has to yeah true. people so people were mad that we didn't do a good morning post for this game yeah My just, every mad. time you look up like texan shot or anything it's like some horrible tragedy and i was not going to joke about that well, I'm not, like, I'm, like i'm not going to joke about like actual human beings dying what is a texan it's, is that a rhetorical question? What is a? Come on, dude! It's someone who lives in Texas. It's pretty. It's, it's, it's literally it's oh, in the name. Shoot! I thought it was an animal. No. What is a Texan? Is it an animal? No, it's not an animal. Oh yeah, you can't post a person being shot. Yeah, not a, like you can't from a movie, but like an actual like like you know, and when you you're just not going to find a scene of that. So I didn't they do named? one this week. They named the Houston. That that's a terrible name. I just figured it out what a, a Texan is. Yeah, it is a terrible name. I, I think it's the more Houston terrible people. That you didn't know what a Texan was. The Houston people. That's what you named. That's what you named. I the mean, team. the Steelers are basically that. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean. they work at a steel mill. That's different. Um, I have to go to freaking criminal court next month. Oh, Justin, I don't or Julian, I don't know if you knew this. Just Dumb. recently. So I, I joked about how I've been doing like burnouts a lot lately. Went out to dinner Friday night. Did a burnout. Do a three second burnout in the parking lot. Yep. Cops happen to be right around the corner. Pull me over. I'm like, dumb. 
So I'm like, that that's, you know, stupid. Maybe they'll give me, like, some type of little ticket. Whatever. So then... Um, and then, so then, like, we're gonna, they're gonna trespass you from this place. I'm like, okay, understandable. A little over the top, but understandable. They gave me a ticket for street racing for doing a burnout in a parking lot in a 03 Crown Vic. It's a new law where it's like, that is considered street racing. Like, like, you have to, so I'm, I'm, I was pissed. Cause I was like, at first, I'm like, you know, I, I did something dumb. If I get a ticket for this, understandable. I deserve it. But now I'm like, I'm ready to freaking charge into that courtroom and defend myself. And be like, this is this punishment does not deserve the crime. Did a little three second burnout, and you're gonna you're gonna hit me with street racing. That cop never had an ounce of fun in his life. That's Isn't that insane? Terrible. And they were two young guys too, you know. And the younger cops are very out to get you type of guys. Mm. Do, yeah. There's no way that stands up in court. By the way, one of our lawyer uh, listeners is in the chat right now. Maybe, Ooh. but they are in New York. Um. But that's insane to me. That's crazy, Julian. Have you 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 do burnouts like every every Friday night? I don't, but I definitely think it will stand up in court just because that's typically how it goes. Like once the ticket's written, there's not much you can do about it. But that's tragic. I mean, that's the dumbest. Not thing. you were on the news doing donuts, and you don't get in trouble for that. But then this. True. That's a good point. That was a sick clip too. That would that would be my life highlight. No, John Boy Media didn't think so. Yeah, John Boy Media did not think it was very. Did cool. you see Smoking Woody was instigating John? Smoking Woody, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> just just exactly what I want. You know, I I call out the company, and then you know the next morning, Smoking Woody's got to go tag him <laughs> using the exact quote that I use. So thanks, Smoking Woody. <laughs> he's an instigator. <laughs> he's, a, he's a menace. Um, so we're seven. We're seven and two. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that's like I made it clear when we like were nitpicking, not even nitpicking, but criticizing some of the offensive gameplay in this in this game. It's like we're seven and two and we held a lead for the entire game. And this is where we're at. But hey, the standards race, the standards race like we want to make the playoffs. We got to make sure we win every game possible. So I've seen five Giants wins in person this year. I can't tell you the last time I saw five Giants wins in person in a season. I mean, since we've been doing this show, this is the most win since 2016. Like this is uh this is feeling good. So uh all right, so that's an episode. Uh we'll be back on Wednesday for a mailbag pod. Should be good. Uh coming off the bye week. By the way, bye weeks don't help. Like I'm start I'm like I hear people say that all the time. It's a fan of talking point. Stop saying coming off of a bye week is good. You teams always come out flat off of the bye week. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday for the mailbag. Film review, all under report, all that stuff will be out. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>